Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So I'm going to share a couple of things with you today, and obviously you see the tables out, so we're going to talk a little bit about, about the bread and about the wine. And so... Uh, in this context of what we're talking about today, specifically, I want to ask you this question. Now, I was a kid in church, and this is what we did. As I was sitting in church, just like you are right now, I saw at the front, there was a table. And at the front of this table, I don't know how it was when the church that you went to, but the church that I was at, this is what took place. I would watch, and at the front of this, it was always there, always there on Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning, it was this wooden table, and on the front, it was engraved, and this is what it said. This, do, if you've seen it before, come on, quote it with me. This do in remembrance of me. Now, you get it as an adult now, but as a kid, that threw me because my English teacher taught me some things about grammar. And it just didn't make sense to me as a kid. This do, shouldn't it be do this? I was really confused as a kid. It really threw me off. I thought there's something wrong. The, the, the church don't know how to do grammar. I guess they, they didn't have my teacher because she would have told them, you're wrong. <laughs> you should have spelled it different or, spe- you know, do the whole word phrase different. But how many Sundays went by and nothing was ever on that table? So as a kid, I thought, what's the point? It's just a table. And as I saw it, I had all these questions about why. Until one Sunday... Everything changed. We got snacks in church. And I thought, well, this is just awesome. Why can't we just do this every Sunday? I thought it'd be great. And on that table, you had some kind of a juice and a cracker, correct? Something like that. Now, today, we we did something. You guys asked for it, so we did it, right? So this is not the traditional flat, no-flavor wafer, okay? This is it's a little bit different today, and we're going to do something a little bit different with you as family. But um, in this, we'll talk a little bit about this for you for the bread so you can understand this. But this is called a matzah bread. Have you ever heard of this? In the Jewish culture, this is what they eat. And this is from the story of Passover. So I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures uh, today, and we're going to share with you a little bit. And we're going to take communion together. You're going to take his family and friends, okay? And we'll share it with you in just a moment, all right? So this is from Exodus. Let me read you a couple of verses of scripture. So Exodus chapter 12, and chapter uh, 12 and, and verse 1. So let me start there. This is the first Passover. We would call this the first supper. Can we just say, I know it's called Passover, can we just say the first supper? It's going to be all right, all right? The first supper. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and to Aaron. From now on, this month will be called the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family member is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal till the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. Now, I know we're in a culture today where this gets kind of weird, man. But every one of you, unless you're a vegan vegetarian or something like that you ate chicken let's just put it this way 
majority of Christians right now, y'all are keeping Chick-fil-A rolling. So don't talk to me about your, oh, no, the slaughter of animals. You tearing up an eight-piece chicken nugget all the time at Chick-fil-A. Your kids go through Chick-fil-A. Oh, but can we get the kids meal? They tearing up some nuggets. So don't talk to me about slaughtering animals. It's just unkind when you knocking out Chick-fil-A at record profits, Christians. Anyway, let's just move on, all right? So they're to slaughter this animal. And he says, this is what you're going to do. They are to take some of the blood and to smear it on the sides and on the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. And that same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. This would be what they call matzah bread. Without yeast, nothing to do. It's just, it's, there's no leaven in it. It's just plain, you know what I'm saying. So this is what they're supposed to do. The whole animal, including the head, the legs, internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before the morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. And he says, be fully dressed. Wear your sandals and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency. Watch this. Can everybody see these words on the screen? For this is the, can we say it together? It's the Lord. This is not a church's initiation. This isn't some religious thing we do. This is whose? The Lord's. And this word in Jewish culture is a word they don't even say. I was on an airplane coming back from Israel one time. I sat beside uh, Israeli Defense Forces uh, soldier. She was probably at the time, maybe she might have been 20, very young lady. And I'm sitting there, and I just said, she could speak English, so we were talking. And I said, hey, how are you doing? Doing fine, pleasantries, you know, the plane talk, whatever. And I just said, hey, so when we pray, we say, in the name of Jesus. She says, yeah, I don't, we, we don't do that. I said, what do you say? Like, in the name of Jehovah. She looked at me. We're about to take off on the plane. She looks at me like, we don't say that name. Like she was just some distance. Like she thought, oh, you just, you just, you just messed us up. Don't, don't do that. Because for them, the Lord in English means Jehovah. And it simply means this, the Lord God, Jehovah. It's a very sacred name to them. They don't even say the name. The majority of them do not because it's sacred to them. But this is the Lord's Passover. And he says this, on that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son, every firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt, which is why they chose a firstborn lamb or goat. So I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt for I am the Lord. Who's doing this? It's the Lord. It's not Moses. He has no, it is the Lord doing this. And he says this, but the blood. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the house where you are staying. And when I see the blood, the Lord, not somebody, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And this plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. The Lord said, this is the first supper he initiated. And when I see the blood on the doorposts of your home, this is why, fellas, it's so important. Why I told you to sing, because listen, I, and I appreciate, ladies, listen, don't take it wrong. I appreciate your fervor and your strength and your, your dedication to Jesus. I really do. And if it weren't for the ladies that showed up at the tomb early on Sunday morning, God bless us all, fellas. I don't know if we'd even be here right now. You understand? If it wasn't for some mama praying for you, some grandmama praying, your wife dragging you by the coat, you know what I'm saying, the neck, we're going to hear about Jesus today. Most of us probably, I dare say, wouldn't be here. Can we all agree? So ladies, let's give the ladies a hand right now. Could you thank God for some woman in your life that gave you, yeah, led you to Jesus, kept you going, prayed for you, whatever. But fellas, 
Can we all agree? I know the culture don't like it and we get all so sensitive about everything today. But I'm just telling you, there's still women today, they love it when they see a brother sing and worship Jesus in church. There's still some women that look over and go, that's my man right there. Now he's off key, we're in A and he's in F sharp. But it's okay, that's my man right there. And she's looking at you right now going, whoo, brother, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, you so, but I'm trying to worship right now, but he's so looking so good. Because why? Because they still want to see us worship. They still want to see us lead our homes, not in a way that's dictatorial shift or some old school thing. They just want to know that you're in it with them. They don't have to drag you out to church. You get up and say, hey, what? Let's go today. When I see the blood over your house, I will pass over. And this was the first supper. And all throughout the Bible, this supper continues. I'm going to give you one more just real quick, briefly. I want you to see this, fellas. This is why it's so important. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2. This, you will see the supper through all, all the Old Testament. But I want you to see one that was very significant when they crossed over the Jordan River. Joshua chapter 5, he says this in verse 2. He says, to the Lord says this, at the time the Lord told Joshua, so who's telling the, Joshua this? You've got to understand, this is the Lord's Passover. The church doesn't initiate this. This isn't something we came up with. This came from your Lord, not from your pastor, not from your church organization. And he says, the Lord is talking to him. The Lord says, Joshua, now all the fellows in the church, just hang tight with me, brother, just... Just relax, all right? We're not going down this road, but I just need to give some context. Joshua had to circumcise based on what the Lord said. This, watch, the second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made flint lives, and he circumcised the entire male population of Israel. Oh, mercy. That would be a rough day, brothers. You know what I mean? Just saying that would have had to have been a rough day. Joshua, though, verse 4, watch this. I want everybody to pay attention to this. If you're my age... If you have a child in your house, a young person living with you, pay attention to what I'm about to say to you right now. Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had all been circumcised. Watch this. But none of those born after the exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. It means there was a whole gap in a generation of people because no one in the house ever told them about the Lord's Passover. They never talked to them about Jesus. They never instructed them in the ways of the Lord, not in the ways of their church, but the Lord. And so there was a generational gap where people did not even know about the ways of the Lord. They had not been circumcised, so Joshua had to step in and do this work. And the Israelites... They said this, that all these men who were old enough to fight in the battle when they left Egypt, they had died. For they had disobeyed the Lord. The Lord vowed he would not let them enter the land he had sworn to give us. A land flowing with milk and honey. So verse 7. So Joshua had to circumcise. Listen, tell you something. You don't want somebody stepping in for you spiritually to take care of your kids. Now we're here to supplement you. We're here to cheer you on. We're here to come alongside you. Maybe I'm going to prop you up and help you any way we can. But I'm telling you something. I cannot come to your house and I cannot be your substitute. Nor can a coach, nor can a teacher, nor can a friend or anybody else. The Lord will give you the methods and the ways. But I'm telling you right now, that rests on your house, not on my house. It don't rest on your teacher's house. It don't rest on your coach's house. They can teach them how to play ball, but they cannot be responsible for the spiritual walk of your kids. You don't want to turn around one day and they say, I don't know. I don't know. What is this whole bread and wine thing? 
It is the Lord's Passover. Don't let somebody else substitute for you. But it says this, that Joshua had to do this. Because those who had grown up to take their father's places, for they had not been circumcised on the way to the promised land. And after all the males had been circumcised, they rested in the camp to their yield. I guess they did rest for a while. Help me, Lord. <laughs> then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I've rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. So this place will be called Gilgal. And so when the Israelites were camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th month, or 14th day of the month, the very next day they began to eat unleavened bread, the same stuff I got right here that I'm going to give you. Roasted grain harvest from the land. Watch this. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. Let me just say this to you. I'm going to give you something right now in case you never hear me again. I, I personally believe this is true. Now, you can, you can say, well, you're not a prophet and all this, whatever. It don't matter. I'm just telling you right now, I feel prompted to say this to you. The manna's gone. It's gone. The days of you being able to just get a little something here every day, it just falls out there and it's just so easy, is over. If you want your house to know about Jesus, you're going to have to step up, cross over the Jordan, and stop living on manna that's old and it's rotten. And it's something you heard 20 years ago. The Lord, I'm just telling you, there is no more manna. The easy days of Christianity. You understand what I'm saying? The easy. When I was a kid going, look, church is just, it's just simple. You go to church, it was easy. Everybody in the school pretty much agreed with you on that. All that's gone. If you're looking for that manna, it's rotten. It's old. It, you got to get, get away from that. And you got to get over and say, I got to take some response myself and feed my family spiritually. But this is all throughout the Bible. You see this over and over and over again. Now I want to get you over here to Mark. And then I'm going to show you a couple of uh, video here in just a second. In Mark's gospel, we're going to Mark chapter 14. The reason I'm reading this to you because all throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the same thing over and over again. The Passover meal, the bread, the wine. They had other things, but I want you to see what Jesus focused on here, the bread and the wine. Mark 14, verse 12. Listen to what he said. This is called the Last Supper. So I've given you the first supper that went on throughout the Old Testament. Now we're talking about the Last Supper. And the Bible says this, on the first day of the festival of what? Unleavened bread. There's a festival that goes along with Passover. This is what he's talking about. The first day of unleavened bread, when, watch this, the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples said, where do you want us to go prepare the Passover? See, they didn't have to wait for Jesus to tell them. They knew. Someone had taught them and told them about the blood, and it needed to be applied. They didn't need for Jesus to tell them. They knew it was important. They said, Jesus, where shall we pass? He never told them to go do this. Where shall we have this Passover? And so Jesus says, he said to them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. And at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher says, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that's already set, and this is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples did this, went to the city as instructed, and they prepared the Passover meal there. And that evening when Jesus arrived, we're just going to skip down because this betrayal has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. But look at verse 22. Scriptures say, as they were eating, they were eating a meal. They weren't just sitting around with a bunch of crackers going like, okay, this is, you know, no, there's a spread, man. This thing, they had plenty to eat. But Jesus said, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread. He took some bread in his hand and he broke it. And as he broke it, he gave it to each one of them. And he said, 
take and eat, for this is my body. Now, do you understand now why I gave you the first supper? Because Jesus is overlooking a lot when he says to you, take this. He's assuming you know about the bread in the Old Testament. And he's assuming that when he says this next statement, this is my blood of the new covenant. He's assuming that we know what he's talking about when he refers to the Passover lamb. And he said to them, this confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out as a sacrifice for many. Now watch this, guys. I tell you the truth. That means Jesus isn't lying, which he doesn't, but he's double sure that you know he's not lying. I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it in the new, or until I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus, this was the Last Supper. After this, that's it. Because he literally was broken and poured out his blood for us. So I want to give you an illustration of this so you can see maybe the intensity of maybe this meal. This meal was a spread. But Jesus stopped when it got to the meal and said, okay, all this is a lot of cultural things that we all do and this is kind of cool. But I need you to focus back on the one thing that's most important. And that's the bread and the wine. And so that's what he did. So I want you to take a look at this video and see for yourself maybe the intensity of this moment of the Last Supper. So let's take a look at this video right here. Lord, be afraid. Trust in God. Trust in me also. You know the way to where I'm going. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I am the way. The truth. And the life. This, this is my body. This is my blood. Remember me by doing this. I'm going to the Father, but I will always be with you. So the intensity of when we take communion It's not simply just to have a moment where we have bread and wine. Jesus wants you to know that this is the representation of what you're doing. It is his body and it is his blood.
And so this morning we're going to take communion together before I finish the message. You may say, well, what about, what about, what about? Listen, Jesus is bigger than the whatabouts. I'm tired of trying to figure out everybody's theology and position on everything. Jesus is bigger than our whatabouts. He was filled with a what about table of men and women that had questions. But what about, and he constantly, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. So if you're wondering right now, but what about, but what about, stop. Just have a moment with the Lord. And let God minister to people as he wants to do right now. So if you're here with your family, here's what we're going to do. We have tables. I want you to hear me briefly on this. There's tables here, here. There's tables on this side of the wall. There's tables in this section behind you. There's another table over here in this section behind you. Another table over there in that section behind you. And then one on this side of the wall right there to your side. There's more than enough for everyone. More than enough. We, we have plenty. We made sure of that. If for whatever this reason your table is empty of juice, find another table. There, but I promise you there's plenty. We know. We did, we did the numbers. We have extra if we run out. Don't worry. But I want everybody to make sure you get some bread and you get a cup of juice. And I want you to take it. And here's what I want you to do. In a moment, this is what I'm going to do. I'm letting you, I'm not going to instruct you on when to take this. I'm giving you the freedom. In a moment, we'll play a video and I'll explain why. But it'll be plenty of time for you. And I want you, as the Holy Spirit prompts you, just take your bread and your juice and go back to your seat. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, you can take this together as a family. You can take it together as friends. You can take it as an individual. It's okay. But as the Holy Spirit prompts you during the song that we play, you take of the communion table, of the bread, and of the wine. I'll pray for you, but you're going to do it on your own today. And the table, I left one table out on purpose because I wanted to make sure you heard me. If you have a gluten allergy, in that table right in front of the booth where Joey is waving his hand because he, like, he knows the answer. Right there. Joey's wonderful, by the way. In case y'all don't know, that guy is, yeah, they, they, they got his team and everybody. Aren't they wonderful? Yeah, they do a wonderful job. All these guys came in early, set all this stuff up to get all this stuff ready. I mean, wonderful, wonderful group of people that love you and care about you. But that table right there is gluten-free. That's the only one. Now, if you hop on one of these, I don't know what it means to be gluten-free. I just know that I know people have allergies. And I want to make sure everybody had an opportunity. That one's gluten-free and has juice back there, too. So just so you know, that's the only one, though, okay, just so if there's allergies or whatnot. So let me pray for you. And then the song's going to go, and it's going to be, I know what you're thinking, well, well, aren't you going to dismiss by row? No, I'm not. We're adults, and we're kids, and we got this figured out. We can all find a table and go back to our seat. Just make sure you take the seat that you don't take somebody else's seat when you go back. Like, now, where was I sitting? Because that might get weird. You take somebody else's purse home, and you're like, oh, no, I don't have my driver's license. I got, you know. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to play the song. And I want you to, I'll tell you, we'll all get up, and we'll go get uh, uh, the bread and juice. And I'm going to go right here with my wife, my kids. Well, there's a few. I got kids. I don't know where the other one's at. But anyway, <laughs> there's one. There's one. But the one that's not uh, quite able to feed herself, like without us yet, is the one I'm looking for. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I got you. Okay. All right. There you go, little runt. I see you. Okay. <laughs> Hey, before this gets crazy, are you going to, hey, Piper, are you going to take communion with them? No, you can take it with us. Are you going to have bread with us or them? With them? Okay, you stay with them. Don't. Now, she can go home with y'all. It's all right. We're going to have fun. 
So as we do this, and listen, you get, there's plenty. Get what you need, okay? So let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, would you prompt the hearts of every one of us in this room because you love every man, every woman, and every child in this room with an indescribable love and mercy and care. Holy Spirit, may you prompt us as we take of your bread and of your wine today. I thank you for speaking to our hearts. May we get a new revelation about this supper and what it means. In Jesus' mighty name. So as we play this video now, you guys go ahead at any moment you want to. They're going to play a song. You go ahead and stand up and take any table you want. Go ahead. Amen. If you, uh, there's still some in the back if you guys need more. So make sure you guys all got what you needed there. And uh, don't worry, that's sparkling grape juice. That's not wine, in case you're wondering. Pastor Stephen has more if y'all need. Does anybody need more? Raise your hand if, if you didn't get one. Raise your hand. Hey, there's one over here, guys. And then anybody else miss a drink? Again, it is sparkling grape juice. Don't worry if your kids are knocking it out. Like, you know, it's going to be fine. <laughs> if you thought, whoa, this is not regular grape It's just it's sparkling. It's Welch's. I promise you it's going to be all right. Right, you raise your hand again if you didn't get one, please. There you go. He's got one. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I'm going to let Haley, she's going to come up here and say something a little bit to you about this. Um, one of the reasons why we got this today, this is called Matzo. Well, y'all welcome Haley uh, to the platform this morning. Give her a hand, please. <laughs> I'm let you have mine. So you can stand real close to me. Instead of don't stand. Instead of don't stand, don't stand. Don't stand so close to me. I'm actually saying, you can stand. You can stand so close to me. It's a song. It's a song. It's an awkward moment. She doesn't know, she doesn't know the song. I'm not sure what to do with that. She doesn't know the song. I've, I've heard that song. Have you really? Yeah, I've heard that song. Hold on a second. I'm, there we go. Okay, no, sorry. No. Go ahead. Can I hold it? Yeah. Here. You can hold it. Okay, sorry. So, weird somebody sticking something in your face. It's just a little weird. Um, okay, so <laughs> it's just interesting. Um, uh, some Just some really neat things about um, the matzah bread that, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that have the questions, the what ifs. And she does. He's, I think that I'm who he's talking to most of the time. <laughs> but if you have those questions, um, I just want to tell you today that God can handle those. He is not scared of your questions. So if you have a question, sometimes we feel you know, guilty or ashamed if we have questions and that's okay. God is, is bigger than that and he can handle it. But one thing I always wondered was what makes him different than a martyr? Like what makes, I I never did. It took me a while to understand like, well, there were a lot of people that died for what they believed, you know, died for other people, um, you know, died in war. What, What makes Jesus different? And the other thing is, well, he rose from the dead. Well, there's other people that he rose from the dead. What makes him different? And it's this. And we can't really truly understand Resurrection Sunday without understanding Passover. The difference is he had no sin. So we take the leaven out of uh, the matzah bread because it represents the Passover lamb had to have no sin. And that is what separates Jesus from any other martyr, from anyone else that has been raised from the dead. And also, another interesting thing I just learned this week, I just thought, I was listening to a Messianic rabbi and never thought about this, but after Palm Sunday, he rode in on the donkey. And so one of the things that you do for Passover is clean your house. 
um, out of what's called hametz, which is all the anything that's living. You can say it like hametz. Yes, oh, that too. Throat's been a little bit, but that's, that's okay. Say it. So hametz. So anyway, you clean it out of your your house. So basically, anything that's living, um, so which represents sin. Um, in this instance, and so it's interesting. So then, after he rode in on the donkey, he wept for the for Jerusalem, and then he went to the temple. Remember, and he took and you cleaned the people out, the the people that were selling things, because that was his father's house. He was cleaning house. He was getting ready for the Passover, and I just think that it's just so rich when you think about who Jesus was, that he fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled so that today could be a new beginning for all of us. Amen. 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 That's right. Take that. Hobbits. That's what it is. That's how you say it. She thinks I'm funny because I say it, but that's how you say it. I'm not Jewish, but, you know. Anyway, in case you don't, a Messianic rabbi just means they're, they're a believer in Jesus. They, in case you're wondering, like, what, if you guys, you had a what if right there. Well, yeah, but I thought it means they're a Christian. It's okay. So, but that, that's a great illustration there to know this, that Jesus, you know, he really is um, the representation of this bread and this wine. It represents those things that Jesus has done for us, and it's important to, to know that. So the guys are coming right now. They're going to take your trash, and as they do that, just look for those guys. And, uh, man, thank these guys. Aren't they doing great? They're just so helpful. Everybody, such a wonderful group of guys. They did a great job. So I'm going to show you this last thought today. And that is the idea of the marriage supper. So I've given this thought about the first supper. All throughout the Old Testament, you'll see the old supper. Bread and wine. It, matter of fact, if you want to even go further in Genesis, you'll find Melchizedek. And the bread and wine is actually there as a time and shadow of Christ. You, there's a lot of things. But the bread and the wine is always present in the Old Testament at the Passover. When Jesus said this was the last supper, he was referring to this is my last Passover with you. Because there was going to be no need to... to, to you know, sacrifice another lamb or a goat. I'm going to be the substitution now. This is the last Passover. Then there's something in Revelation which is very interesting. It's called the marriage supper. Now, guys, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on this, but this is why as a pastor, I must be clear on this. The marriage supper of the lamb is as much reflective of the marriage in which God initiated and instituted as anything else in your scripture. The moment you change the way a marriage is initiated by God between a man and a woman, you destroy, you destroy, as a believer, you destroy when you give in to culture, you destroy it when you give in to what's popular, you destroy it because you have a friend or a family member or a loved one that doesn't agree with you, you destroy the marriage supper of the Lamb when you say, Men and women being married, a man and a woman. Well, I know that's what the Bible says, but today, you know, it's just, you know, the, the moment you do that, if you are a believer in Christ, you are destroying the representation of what Jesus Christ himself said would take place. Amen. And that is the marriage between his church and him. He is the groom. And we are the bride. I know we're, it sounds kind of strange, guys, but just understand. He's letting you understand this as a collective group, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is not universalism. That, it is beyond me how this is getting to this point that Christians believe in this stuff. 
Universalism is not what Jesus said. He said, come unto me. And any of you who come unto me, any of you want to be saved, whosoever shall call upon the name, for I will save them if you call upon the name of the Lord. Yes. But don't negate that part. That union was established by Jesus. And he means it when he says it. Now, he'll fix anything else in our lives. He'll help us. He'll grow. He'll do whatever he has to do to help you get out of sin. This is not a sin issue. It's a position issue. And as long as you say, you know what? I get it. I understand it. I'm not going to be rude about it. I'm not going to be mean about it. But I can't just deny it. I can't overlook it. It is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so in Revelation, let me read this to you as we begin to to, to just kind of wind this up for you today as you can see this. So in Revelation 19, just briefly, verse 6, as we turn, and I'm going to read this out of the the New Living Translation. It's a little bit different, but it's, I think it's a clearer way of reading this. Revelation chapter 19, verse 6. And it says this, it says, then I heard, now this is John. I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean wave or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him. Watch this. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. I don't want to sound like I'm an angry preacher. I'm not. But you cannot substitute the gender of this terminology and say it's for just anyone. There is a bride and there is a groom. And if you tear that down by gender conversations that you feel uncomfortable with, you are destroying the gospel unaware. And you don't have to be rude about it. You just got to be clear. The Jesus is talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb and his bride. And he says this, she, the bride of Christ, she has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. And for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means it's just good deeds. And the angel said to me, write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. And he said... In verse 10, he said, then I fell down on his feet to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me for I'm a servant of God just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the testimony or the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Can I just one more second on this? When we talk about this as Christians, your witness matters to the Lord. And you, a bumper sticker isn't getting it done. That's cute if you want to have one. Nothing wrong with it. I don't like them because they're hard to get off the car. And I hate when it messes the paint and it dries out. I'm just a weird guy. I don't like, I'm weird about the decal thing. I don't like how it peels the paint. Oh, you said it wouldn't do this. You know, I just, so I'm a decal free guy, okay? If you want to stick it on your car, fine. But that's not a witness. You can't, a bullhorn down on Broad Street, that's not a witness. You can do it. But if you want to be a witness for Jesus, be a witness for his marriage. Don't deny the Lord what he said in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Be a good witness for Jesus. Don't be ashamed of it. You're the bride of Christ. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And at this supper, when you see it, 
The marriage supper of the Lamb will be set up. Now, and here we ask you to do this as family because, and friends, because it's small to try to, but could you imagine trying to have dinner with everyone in here at one time? And the goal would be is for all of you in the far right corner by Ronnie, he's going to be there and he wants to communicate with everybody on this corner and you're all on different tables. Say we set up 40 tables and Ronnie wants to talk to, I can't see in the back who that is because I can't see the lights, but anyway, the far corner, far left back there, right? And he wants to talk to, to them. How difficult would that be? He to send a text message? No, we're not going to do that. We're, we're talking to each other. The marriage supper of the Lamb is vast. We're talking billions of people. Billions of people. But at the same time, it's as intimate as the table he had with his disciples. And this is why. So we'll give you this out of Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. Now, I know what I'm about to read you in Luke 12 is a bit of a, it's not a parable, but yet it is. This is one of those things when Jesus is sharing something, he's given it to you in a way in which it gives an illustration, but make no mistake, he's referring to himself. So in Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, I'll put it on the screen for you so you can see it along with me. But in verse 35, this is what the Lord says. He says, be dressed for service. Now, my little tag at the top of the Bible says, be ready for the Lord's coming. Now, just to put it ease, because like Haley said, the what ifs, what, what, what does that mean? If you're a Christian, if you have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of your home, meaning you've been born again, it just said, I'm a Christian. I've said yes to Jesus. Am I perfect? No. Look at me right now. Everybody look at me. As a pastor, am I perfect? Come on, answer me. Thank you, good, because some of y'all think that pastor, we're not perfect people. We make mistakes. But am I a believer? Yes, I am. Do I have the blood of the lamb on the doorpost? Oh, you better believe I got the blood. Baby, listen, when it's sometimes I get up, my pastor and the cows will look at me. I plead in the blood over my family, over my wife, over my kids. I plead the blood of Jesus. I got the blood on my doorposts. I don't mess around with that. When you get them old school talkers, you know what they talk about? We're going to plead the blood. You might, what does that mean? It means I plead the blood of Jesus. I got the blood on the doorpost of my home. God, you would not forsake the blood, would you? you I wouldn't dare say that. Well, why not? Why wouldn't you say that? He shed his blood for me. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's the one that stands in the gap for me. And so I plead the blood. Lord Jesus, you wouldn't forsake the covenant to me that you made in blood, would you? Abraham asked God, God, would you destroy the city? If there's a few righteous, would you still destroy it? Well, no, I wouldn't. you got to ask some strong questions sometimes. It's okay. You're not being rude or arrogant to the Lord. You're just saying, God, remember your covenant, oh God, with me. I plead the blood of Jesus. You wonder about your kids right now in the world they're growing up in. I get it. It's nuts. It's crazy town right now. And churches are no different. Sorry for the spit section. A little sparkling grape juice, I think, is creating a little extra saliva. Maybe I should have got rid of a little more hamats. <laughs> Sorry, baby girl. <laughs> I was just telling Haley, I get on the news report, and I don't watch. I just get little clicks about what's going on because I'm praying for the folks in Ukraine. Please keep praying for these people. Like This is nuts over there. And we're all standing around like, well, should we give them more bombs or more tanks? I don't know. Well, would it be offensive to them? Man, load them folks up with what they need. 
this is ridiculous. You got to pray for them. Pray for the people. Pray for our country. But they're not the only ones fighting. I got another text. Afghanistan now. And Pakistan now. They're fighting. Like, well, what are they fighting about? They all mad about something. It's been a long time since I've seen this, but in Israel, the IDF goes in with police and having to run out. Those are Muslims in, in, that are praying in the mosque on top of the Temple Mount, which everybody disputes. And now you got, again, the Palestinians are fighting with Israel, which that's kind of consistently going on. But they're storming. That's pretty new. And you look around at all the fighting that's going on. There's only one person that can bring that down. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, one day, it may not look like it right now, but one day, when he comes back, be assured of one thing. He will set up shop, and it will not be what I want, you want, they want. It's going to be what he wants. And this is what he begins to say to his disciples, to others listening. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Who would that be talking about? It's got to be Jesus. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Now understand the relationships. He's saying he's the, he's the owner and you're the employee or he's the one that runs it or the master and the servant. That's what he's saying. He says, verse 7, the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. Now, guys, this is an interesting verse of Scripture. He says, I tell you the truth, he, should be caps here, he himself will seat them. He'll put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He might come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he'll reward the servants who are ready. Can I just illustrate this to you right now? That your Savior Jesus, can you imagine this? At his return, he comes, and if it's knocking at the door of your home, remember, understand, he knows where the blood of the lamb is. He doesn't need a visual. You don't need to put an animal sack. You don't have to do that. Put it like they did. He knows in your heart. He knows where the blood of the lamb has been applied. You understand that he's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people who accept him as Lord and say, you will be my Lord. And serve him. And not play around with him. Not be a casual Christian, a little contemporary Christian, a little cultural Christian. It's cool as long as I don't, you know, get too radical with it because then people say I'm crazy. No, that's not not lordship. Lordship is full surrender. If he says it, then so be it. Because he gave up his life for me. I'm not in charge. I'm the servant. He's the master. But can you imagine him sitting at the table when you arrive? And I did my best. I was going to bring my apron, but we were cooking this week, and it looked a little rough. So I thought, nah, I better not do that. Haley would be like, man, why did you wear that? It looks so, no. But you come in the door, he greets you. Or as he comes in the door, he says, hello. He says, hey, I've got the table ready for you. He says, no. Go get everyone else. And he begins to seat people one by one. The scripture has always thrown me because when I see this, I think about Peter and the washing of his feet. And how many people would be just like Peter who you would say, oh, come on, we know you little, you know Mary and Martha ones, and we know which one you are. We know which one you are. You're the one that serves all the time. You get everything ready. Just, oh, it's all organized. And you're just like, oh. But then somebody says, let me serve you. You say, no, 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 no. 
We know who you are. Jesus knows who you are. But you sit down. He says, won't you sit down? What? what? No. I'm here to serve you. He says, no. I'm serving you now. And he stands there at the seat. This one's for you. You look around the table and you see all your friends. They're already seated. You look at the seat and you say, just like Peter, I, 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 no, not me. And he says, yes, this one's for you right here. Come on, sit down. I wonder how long I have to wait. Come on, take a seat. Some of y'all going to fight it. I'm just not good enough. He didn't ask you what he said. He's looking at the doorpost of your home or your heart. He sees the blood and he says, this seat's for you. Sit down. How long is it going to take? Do you finally give in and say, okay. And it says, he himself will put on an apron. Can you imagine this? You sit down. Okay. 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 All right, you're good at this part. You sit down. Okay, okay, I'm good, I'm good. And then he says, he himself will put on an apron as a sign of a servant. And he himself will serve you food. Now, what do you think is going to be on that table? The bread. That's right. You're my amen corner right now, my man. You're my amen A lot of food and some bread and juice. And it's going to be just like on the road to Emmaus when the men sat there and they saw it. Didn't our hearts burn within us? And then he breaks that bread and that wine, and you're going to break because of the mercy and the goodness of your Savior. But there's some of you in here, maybe you're here and you say, well, I've never put the doorpost of the blood of the Lamb on my home or my heart. I I don't know if I know Christ. Maybe you're watching the broadcast right now. You say, I don't know Jesus. And I think Jesus would tell you today, there's a seat for you too. Heaven's not populated with just believers who have lived their whole lives for Christ. Heaven is populated with people who made decisions for Jesus even at the last moment that you never thought would be there. And so if you're in this room right now and you say, I don't know that I've ever, I don't know that I've done this. Right now, I'd love to pray for you. And so I just ask you to do one thing. If you're watching on broadcast, the same thing. I'll ask you to take a moment and just in your heart right here, maybe close your eyes. As we begin to wrap up here this morning, just just take a moment to close your eyes for me. Just bow your head before the Lord. It's a sign of just reverence between you and God and also others in the room. And I'm just going to do something. That's why I want your eyes closed here. No one's looking. No one's going to bother you. I'm not going to make you come down front right now or anything like that. I'm not going to make you come down front in front of everybody. We'll have prayer teams in a moment. But right now, I just want you to close your eyes between you and the Lord. If you're here, you're watching online right now. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Christ, no one's looking. It's just me right now to talk to you. Or maybe you feel like you've gotten so far away from God, it's just, I don't know where to start. And the Holy Spirit's prompting you saying, I want to be your friend, I want to be your Savior, and I want to help you. You're in this room, you're watching on broadcast right now, no one's looking. Would you just let me know, and the Lord, but just lift up your hand and say, Hey, Pastor, that would be me. Would you pray for me this morning?
I don't normally do this, but just felt like maybe there's somebody in here. You just need to let somebody know. I'm looking. Nobody else is looking. Is everybody in the room? You say, that's me, Pastor Jody. I just, uh, I need you to pray for me this morning. Would you just lift up your hand? Let me see it before we go. Oh, little kids. That's wonderful. Thank you, sir. Got you, kiddos. Thank you, sir. I got you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else before we go, you say, Pastor? Just, uh, thank you. Got you guys in the back. I'll see you, ma'am. See you, sir. Thank you. Just before we go, you say, hey, right here. One more time before I pray. Anybody else? Amen. As I pray for you, I see you, kiddos. I got you. We're going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. The whole church is going to pray right now. But you need to know this, that this table is set for you and this chair is for you right now. So as we pray, you're going to repeat after me the Lord's Prayer, if you will. Something we call it at church, but it's just a prayer of salvation. Right now, with your eyes closed, you're watching on broadcast. Say this right now with me. Just pray this with the whole church. Say, Dear Jesus, (coughs) I come today, and I give you my heart. I give you my life, and I surrender it all. Today, Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Father, I plead the blood over my home, over my life, and over my kids. In Jesus' name, I surrender all. Amen and amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are so proud of you, church. Right, would you give my hand right now? So proud of you. So proud of you. So, so proud of you. It's awesome. So proud of you guys. Hey, would you do me a favor as we... Before we go, I want to share a couple other things with you. It won't take long, babe, a couple of minutes. Literally, like probably two minutes. But if you're in the seat, you prayed that prayer in this room. I'm talking specifically to you. If you're on broadcast, wait one second. I'll talk to you in one second. But if you're in this room, there's a card in the back of your seat pocket. Now listen, I'm not asking you to fill this out because I'm trying to get names and numbers. I'm past all that. I'm past it. I just want us to be a blessing for you. And if you've prayed that prayer, I want to help you get started walking with Christ as a disciple of Jesus. And so I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to come down front. If you guys don't mind, just make your way down front. While they do, if you're in this room, you prayed that prayer, would you take a moment and fill that card out? It's in the seat back of your chair. There's a pen there. Fill it out. And just in a moment, I'll tell you what to do with it. But I'm going to ask our prayer. As they're coming down front. They'll be down front as we dismiss. Now, they'll be here for those of you who fill out this card, but they're here for anybody who needs prayer today. We're here to pray for you. And if you come down front to pray, can I just encourage you? Everybody needs prayer. No one's going to look at you and say, well, you come down here, that means a sign of weakness. No, it's a sign of strength is what it is. And every one of these guys have prayed for me. I get prayer. I need prayer. We all do. So don't ever feel like, well, I just don't know. If you need prayer, we'll have be here. Okay? Now, take a moment to fill that card out for me. While you do, I want to talk to you guys online. Can you all just give me one minute in here? If you're watching on broadcast right now, connect.cornerstonerome.com. If you prayed that prayer, you said yes to Jesus. You said, I need a seat at that table, and I accepted him today. If you'll fill that out for us and click send. Let someone know on the inbox right there where you're at, whether you're watching any of the broadcasts you can communicate with. If you're on a broadcast, you can't type in anything. Stop what you're doing. Get your smartphone and click connect.cornerstonerum.com. 
fill it out and let us know so we can help you get started walking with Christ. We want to help you as you begin your process as a disciple. So everybody in this room here, thank you for giving me a moment there. And listen, we want to take this time to pray for you. And we're going to dismiss. And if you have that card and you need prayer, you prayed that prayer, you bring it to them. Let one of these guys know they'll help you go from there. Easiest thing you can do. If you need prayer for anything else while you're here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss. And because it's the Lord's table out in the lobby. Now, this ain't going to take the place of mama and your grandmama and uncles and aunts and whoever else you go sister's house. But in the lobby, we got some, some just kind of get you through the next 20, 30 minutes till you get their food, okay? It's an in-between. Now, don't you tell your mama, your grandmama, that you're full because you ate more. They don't, I don't want to get in trouble. Don't tell them that. But we just wanted to bless you today. It's, it's Resurrection Sunday. It's the Lord's table. Just enjoy it today. And on those tables, here's what you'll have. Some of our ladies got together, my wife and some others, and they baked some challah bread. Now, challah bread, okay? That's how you say it. Challah. I can't get the thing, but it's pretty close. And it's little challah knots, if you're little small pieces. So you can try some of the stuff from Israel, okay? This one you just had was matzah. That out there will be challah, okay? It's just a little different, all right? So, so as you stand together with us this morning, let me just pray with you before we go. I always love to speak this over you at church before we go. This is the Lord's Prayer. Now listen, we pleaded the blood of Jesus over you. Could you just receive this blessing today? This is not from your pastor. The Lord commanded Moses and Aaron to speak this over the children of Israel, so I'm going to do this over you right now. And this is found in Numbers chapter 6. It says this, May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and may he give you his peace. That is our prayer for you today. God bless you guys so much. Happy Resurrection Sunday, guys. Enjoy the food. If you need prayer, come on down front. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.